good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, Wendy. And as you know, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Right on. Hey, uh, some breaking news. The court preserves access to the abortion pill for now. Mm -hmm. And it says for now, but uh, the Supreme Court on Friday preserved women's access to to a drug used in most common method of abortion, rejecting lower court restrictions while a lawsuit continues. That's pretty good news. Yes, like, it is. I and, hope it stands. Right. And then our state senator, we're going to have Mary Kunish on, and the state senator case confer, conversion therapy banned. <laughs> you know, that's good. Yes, I know, but I can't even believe it's a thing, and yeah. we have to do it. Like, why is that even a thing? Exactly. Well, we got kind of a, a political show going on, and I know, Wendy, <laughs> uh, we talk a little political about our sacred animals, and uh, we might just have a little update about the, the cage across the street. Uh, I don't know what, you, what you're going to talk about, but we're going to have uh, State Senator Mary Kunish on, mm -hmm. and then also uh, we're going to rebroadcast uh, Lieutenant Governor's uh, update that she gave us earlier this week. That's great. Yeah. So without any further ado, why don't we uh, listen to our Lieutenant Governor, Peggy Flanagan. Anin, this is Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and I'm joining Native Roots Radio with an update from the Walls Flanagan administration. One of the best parts of my job is getting to meet people across the state and their communities and talk about the issues that matter most to our families and neighbors. And one issue that I hear about every single place I go is childcare. Over the past month, I've had the opportunity to visit with childcare providers, parents, and business leaders in places like Fergus Falls, St. Cloud, and Lake Elmo to hear more about what we can do to support children and families, as well as the economic vitality and future of communities in every part of the state. The governor and I know that both as parents and from years of talking to Minnesotans, that investments in childcare are investments in our workforce, education, health, safety, and the future of our state. It's our mission to make Minnesota the best state in the country to raise a family. But frankly, it's impossible to achieve this goal without investing in childcare. I often say the biggest pay raise I ever received was when my daughter started kindergarten, but it doesn't have to be this way. We can make these investments. We can increase accessibility and lower costs for families. We can support our providers and ensure they make the wages that they deserve. And we know that those first five years of life, the, the first 1,000 days, are critical for child development. We have an opportunity to make a truly transformational investment in our children's lives. Our budget expands access to early learning and makes crucial investments in childcare accessibility and affordability. Under our proposal, if your household makes less than $200,000 per year and you have two kids under five, you could get up to $8,000 back for your childcare expenses. Our proposal also includes invest in investments in a mixed delivery system that creates and sustains childcare slots where they're needed most, including Greater Minnesota. And we propose investments in our providers to ensure that we can continue to recruit and retain outstanding folks to care for our children. The investments we make this legislative session will resonate for generations. We can get this done. And I'm so grateful for the people that we've met who've shared their stories. And I have to say that, you know, as Indigenous people, we know how crucial caring for our children can be. And so these investments help us to do that in a more intentional and more loving way um, so that the community as a whole can thrive and that we can raise our children in our village together. 
It's hard to believe that Governor Walls and I are 100 days into our second term. We've made historic strides in the first 100 days to improve the lives of so many Minnesotans, but we are not done yet. The progress that we've made so far has granted freedom and rights to Minnesotans who've been forgotten for far too long. From restoring voting rights to increasing access to driver's licenses for undocumented Minnesotans, to protecting reproductive freedom and gender-affirming care, and providing free breakfast and lunch to every kid in school, this has been a historic 100 days. And I'm especially proud of the work to strengthen the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act. On March 16th, Governor Walls signed a bill into law strengthening child welfare protections for Native American children and families. This bill affirms the authority of all federally recognized Indian tribes to handle the cases of Indian child custody and place place in child placement proceedings and requires social workers to make active efforts to preserve family unity. Through the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act, our children's rights and access to their own culture, language, and identity and family will have another layer of protection beyond the federal Indian Child Welfare Act here in Minnesota. Through our work, we want Minnesotans to know that we care about them, we care about their children, and I have to lift up the incredible work of the Native Caucus on the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act. Representative Keeler and Senator Kunesh, along with Representative Kozlowski and Representative Becker Finn, had incredible conversations and hearings talking about the need of family unification and making sure that our children stay in their communities. It's powerful work, and I'm so glad that regardless of what the Supreme Court does with ICWA, our children here in Minnesota will be protected. Through our work, the governor and I want Minnesotans to know that the Capitol is the people's house and every people's house, and we fight to improve the life of every Minnesotan. There's so much to do, and I'm excited to get back to work in the final six weeks of the legislative session. Make sure that your senators, representatives in our office uh, hear from you about the things that you care about and the investments you want us to make here in the last six weeks. Jimmy Gwetch, Pina Gigi, and back to you. Wow, Wendy, uh, just uh, fabulous to hear the lieutenant governor, uh, your thoughts. Yeah, a lot of good work, a lot of good movement. And it's really something that this this time in our capital, we have a Democrat majority House and a Democrat majority Senate. So we're going to get stuff done. There's not going to be all these... Um, roadblocks in the way in and getting this important work done. So I'm excited. As the Gen Zer, Zoe, are you excited? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the um, family, the American Indian Family Preservation Act, um, I was just so happy to see that go through because, you know, it was being um, really threatened in this country. And so it just feels good knowing that in Minnesota, we have some extra protection. Um, and especially when it comes to like reproductive justice too, um, I'm seeing them do a lot of work around that, which again, gives some, some of us some peace of mind for sure. Well, the Supreme Court uh, uh, did that temporarily uh, because there's a lawsuit. Do you think there's any wiggle room for ICWA and what's coming up with the Supreme Court, Zoe? Because, uh, that's going to be a frightening time, and I know our uh, state legislators have really reinforced ICWA here in Minnesota, um, but still nationally. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I guess I to keep up a little more with national politics. I've been so local-based lately, just because there is so much going on in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's actually an update on the, um, speaking of local stuff, there's an update on the uh, demolish the demo project or yeah. um, the roof depot station. So they actually, and it's good news. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. It's just so we can, I can word it right, but I can also talk about it in the next section if I don't find it in time. Yeah. Um, but basically uh, gonna... I'm pretty sure. Th oh, sorry. Go ahead, Robert. Do you know about this? Yeah, we're going to have Rachel on Monday, I do believe. And one of the things okay. that's exciting is that they're going to be selling that property is what I heard. And yes, that's, that's what, what uh, excites us uh, as long as we have some do-re-mi to uh, buy that and turn it into uh, what the community wants. That's sounding exciting and there's there's uh, room for that and room for um, some kind of uh, nice place there mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, exhaust-filled 
ruckus of nasty stuff. So, hey, <laughs> we have uh, State Senator Mary Kunish on next Wendy. Awesome. And uh, stay with us. You're listening to Native Brits Radio Presents. I'm awake. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. A lot has changed since 2020. Metro Transit wants to hear from you to help build a network that best serves the Metro's needs for the next five years. Help us grow the right way as more resources, like more drivers, become available. Learn more, fill out an online survey, and find out about upcoming meetings in your neighborhood at metrotransit.org slash network hyphen now. metrotransit.org slash network hyphen now. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do, and yes, we do. Hey, we have State Senator Mary Kunish on, and Mary, we missed you, but we understand you're, you know, you're working, 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 and uh, working for the people. And I appreciate you being on, and I see you're in your office. So, wow, I really appreciate you being on. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, I am here in my office on a Friday night. Uh, we just finished on the floor passing um, three really important pieces of legislation. And uh, I have my big omnibus bill, my big education omnibus bill up on um, Monday. So I uh, just finished going over some things with my assistant and with my committee uh, administrator so that we're ready for Monday. And then I'm going to go home. I have my brother, my twin brother is visiting from California. So I'm going to spend the evening hanging out with him. Wow, that's great. And really appreciate you coming on. We've missed you last week. Uh, but a lot of things happening. Uh, we just saw that the Senate passed uh, today, the uh, okays a conversion therapy ban. And that, that's huge. One of the many things that you guys are doing down there. Uh, any comment on that bill? Absolutely. This is a bill that Senator uh, Dibble uh, authored and is the champion of. Uh, he was the senator that passed um, uh, gay marriage, you know, how many years ago? Was it 10 years, 11 or 12 years ago? And so he has not stopped championing uh, the you know gay rights and making sure that everybody has an opportunity to live the life that they choose um, to be the people that they are and part of that is especially for our youth is the um, conversion therapy you know the force like uh, uh, make it make it change you know pray it away it's all in your head you're confused and we heard, we heard that kind of language on the floor. You know, they're just confused. And so we heard from a number of kids over the years 
just how much, um, you know, how much, how harmful that is, the conversion um, therapy is. It's not based on medicine. It's not evidence-based at all. And so uh, Senator Dibble led us on the floor through a very emotional uh, hearing, you know, uh, session. But at the end of the day, we were able to pass it. And Minnesota is now uh, um, a state that does not allow for conversion therapy, especially for our, our kids. Wow, that's great. I love that. And you know what? The kids I've read that go through this conversion therapy have a very high suicide rate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's not just the kids, it's vulnerable adults as well. Right. And this bill, um, uh, in the bill, it states that any attempt to provide conversion therapy to a minor or vulnerable adult um, by MPs or P's, I suppose, psychologists, will be considered unprofessional conduct, which may subject them to disciplinary action by the Licensed Board of Mental Health practitioners and professionals. And we heard a lot about, you know, the religious reasons as well uh, for for the need for this. So it's great that we got this one passed. Um, we also uh, heard uh, Senator Morrison's bill, Senate file um, 165. It's also known as the Reproductive Freedom Defense Act. And uh, it, it's the, um, let me see here, I'm gonna, so in this, for this bill, uh, the Minnesota law known as the Health Records Act requires consent or specific authorization in law in order for patients' health records to be released. And so this is all about um, making sure that we have the rights to, to the medical, um, things that we need. So since overturning Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey in June of 22, access to abortion is now controlled by the states. As of uh, April 21st, 18 states have abortion bans or extreme restrictions, and eight states have abortion bans blocked by courts. So what this, um, uh, this bill aims to do is to make sure that we... Um, we are able to um, access abortion, and we are a basically a sanctu you know uh, a sanctuary for that. Mm -hmm. um, and so this one was really super, super, super important. Just trying to find. Um, well, Mary, before you go on, um, really, we had a lot of fun uh, at your uh, last one of your hearings that I got to. Uh, <laughs> I got to uh, testify. testify. Uh, it was great sitting no, next to you, gosh. and and that was fun. And it was a little a little weird at times, but uh, I, we put some tobacco out for you every day because uh, you said that that was uh, a light uh, a light show compared to some of the stuff you deal with. Right, we were in the hearing to ban recreational wolf hunting. Uh, yes. Wolf are are um, on the endangered species from the federal level, and that's still the case. And uh, Senator uh, Wiesenberg from <laughs> up, up north yeah. uh, asked you like a really weird question. Like you were talking about it, the wolves being endangered, and then he came up with, uh, so would you say that, you know, I would connect that to abortion, babies are you know, abortion and, and uh, protected species, basically. And, and yeah. what, would, what did you say? I said, well, he said, when I think of, uh, when I think of uh, saving the wolves, I think of uh, saving babies. So you must be uh, against oh, yeah. abortion. That's that what was, pops yeah. into my mind. That's what he said. And then I said, what pops into my mind is when you're talking about guns, and killing stuff is school shootings. You know, I just yeah. could, I couldn't hold back. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. That is uh, that was perfect, absolutely perfect. So that's what that's what you know the kind of stuff that that we hear here at the oh. Capitol. And apparently, there is this whole movement across the nation to connect wolf 
hunting or banning wolves, recognizing wolves as protected species, um, they're using that premise to push back against abortion, saying unborn children are a protected species or endangered species. Therefore, they should have those federal protections. And that has been, there's been legislation like that um, in the nation. And so uh, I I didn't know what he was talking about, and I had to go back and figure out what it was. Well, I was watching this, and I don't want to get deep into this, but I was watching this, and I was one of the sixth or seventh people to testify, and he was asking people if they were biologists. They were. He was very. Uh, he wouldn't ask a question, Wendy. He would make a like a three minute statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly, he really was. Yeah. So bless you, Mary, for dealing with with that on a daily. Just person. really. Um, makes me think about the people who vote someone like him in like what is there do they know or do they, they know that the he's doing way? i'm going to say this on the air also no. um i read that he has been quoted calling 911 about um a gay when they dress up what i can't think of the word right now um when they dress as women shows those shows oh drag yeah. queens drag yeah. queens yes he's called 911 about drag queen shows and up north i don't know if they're Jeez. up north or maybe in the cities while he's down here and he sees them happening you know downtown minneapolis has a couple of you know bars the saloon and a couple of other ones that have drag queen shows and things like yeah. that he was quoted saying that he has called 911 on these shows so wow. and then one last thing too mary before we move on to uh, yeah, what you want to talk about, about. Something i just want to say that it was funny how the other senator over there was talking about his family in the 1870s and that wolves are coming to attack them but their house they didn't have doors on and i was really like going well put a door on your house you know it's just like is this what they're this is what they're 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 grabbing at straws on a lot of time on a lot of these things well i think you the gentleman you're referring to is senator green and senator green mm-hmm. actually is an enrolled member of the i think it's white earth nation um and uh yeah that you know that's what that's what they're talking. I don't know. Did the settlers not have doors on their house, on their houses, and um, therefore had to protect themselves from the animals in the night that are looking for warmth and protection too, but are also a threat to them? So um, it, it's it's interesting. I um, had for I served with Senator Green in the House, and I, mm. I never really heard him talk about his native ancestry or his connection to being a tribal member. It was mostly we Native women uh, legislators mm. that brought up the issues. Um, I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican. So uh, I don't know, you know, all those four years, and he never said a peep about it, uh, of being a, a, a enrolled member. But um, well, State Senator, uh, you, State Senator, uh, you can uh, just remember that Custer had uh, – had uh, scouts. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. That's Sorry right. about interrupting you. No, that's all right. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's it's it's been a really busy week, um, and we have been getting our omnibus bills heard. Those are the, the omnibus finance bills. Those are the big bills that contain the little ones. I have mine up on Monday morning, and the education policy. Um, committee has that up on Monday morning. So I got a lot of homework to work on this weekend. Wow. Well, you're going to do a great job as always, Mary. So we have much faith in you and you are very, very capable beyond. So they're talking about state Senator, uh, ending the uh, session on time for the first time in a very, 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 very long time. (laughs) That would be hoping to. I heard today that um, the governor wants us to have, so after we hear all these omnibus bills, 
Then we have to go to conference, and that's where we go. The House gets together with the Senate and the and the governor's offices, and we all three sit down and put all our bills together into one bill. Mm-hmm. And um, there are some differences. You would think that you know we're all D- Democrats, all DFL. Our bills would be very similar, and they are in a lot of ways. Um, there are some big things that are are different that we um, aren't haven't agreed on yet. But the governor would like us to have all of that done by May fifth, and then um, and then we would start to hear all those big omnibus bills back on the floor again to pass them off of the floor and so we should we should end on i was going to say graduate we should end on time this year for sure hey do you have chance uh time for another segment state senator yep i can hang out all right right on hey you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm wake i think we went a little over but our clock uh studio clock is frozen at 26 27 <laughs> so i think it's a little later than that but yeah. we'll be right back after this short break stay with us oh wow No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. The time is now. Contact your legislator and tell them to pass paid family and medical leave for Minnesota. Learn more at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by the Minnesota AFL-CIO. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526, 612-919-5526, or autotech.org. Many car dealers will quote safety stats, but firsthand experience really tells the story. When I bought my 2017 Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota, the service manager told me it was one of their safest vehicles ever made. Then I saw it for myself. A car hit me at 35 miles per hour and the Sienna saved me. Its design absorbed the collision and although it took a wallop, I walked away and I now have a 2022 Sienna. When it comes to safety, I personally vouch for Toyotas. Be safe and get one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Seward Co-op is now offering convenient, self-serve, and pre-packaged hot options and salad bars at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Breakfast items available daily until 11 a.m. and brunch served all day every Sunday. Their weekly lunch and dinner menus highlight cuisines from around the world. They offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options daily. 95% of the ingredients used are organic from small-scale, local community food producers whenever possible. More at Seward.coop. A lot has changed since 2020. Metro Transit wants to hear from you to help build a network that best serves the Metro's needs for the next five years. Help us grow the right way as more resources, like more drivers, become available. Learn more, fill out an online survey, and find out about upcoming meetings in your neighborhood at metrotransit.org slash network hyphen now. metrotransit.org slash network hyphen now. Hi, I'm Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. We know dental anxiety and dental phobia are real. We'll take the time to get to know you and give you what you need to be comfortable at all times. We offer free nitrous oxide laughing gas and have high-tech options to help you feel calm and relaxed during your appointments. We'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call because we don't like to see anyone in pain. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been going to Shamblot Family Dentistry for years. They get me in last minute when I'm in pain and make regular checkups easy and comfortable. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for rain and snow tonight with a low around 31, Saturday cloudy with a high near 42, and Sunday partly sunny with a high near 45. 
If you're craving barbecue, then don't drive too fast or you'll miss Scott Jamama's Hot Barbecue, located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis. Scott Jamama's offers mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Find the winter hours and menu at scottjamamas.com. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show was supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish. What else do we got going? What we got cooking at the at the Capitol? Oh, oh you're mute. muted. You're muted. Where's, where's my muted cup? We need a little... Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there I go. I was listening. Uh, somebody sent me a clip from when I spoke on the House, on the Senate floor today. I was listening to that during the break. Uh, we have another week uh, filled with uh, more of our omnibus bills that we'll be hearing. Um, you know, I, I, I was telling you a little bit about the trans refuge bill, which... Uh, you know, is so important because it really works to create that safe harbor for our transgender people. Um, in, 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 uh, most importantly, our trans, uh, transgender kids and uh, those that come to Minnesota for, for the protections. Um, that was the last bill that we heard today. That was Senator Mayquaid's bill. And, and it was, if you are able to get back to look onto our Senate website here in Minnesota and go to um, uh, the floor sessions, there's the recording there. And I think that the hours that we were on the floor, um, it's really an important um, opportunity to learn more about the work that we're doing, but it also gives you the opportunity to not only hear from our DFL members, but also from our Republican members. And before the break, uh, Robert was talking about a hearing that he participated in and the response of one of the, the Republicans from um, that came up with kind of a goofy argument, but this bill was really, really, really important because it um, it prohibits the law and the courts, uh, court orders from other states that allow mm. for the removal of a child from their parent or guardian because they allowed the child to receive gender affirming care from being enforced in Minnesota. So basically, if you lived in another state, that outlaws um, any kind of gender affirming care, whether it's psychological or medical, mental health issues. Um, if a parent brings their kid here to Minnesota because it's a safe, it's a, a sanctuary city now for transgender folks, that those states can't come after the kid and remove them. It's basically like kidnapping. It's like what the government, state, our, our national government did with the native kids in right. the 60s scoop. Like we know better than you're not taking good care of these kids. So we're going to take your kid and it doesn't matter where you take them. We're going to come and get them. And um, I was thinking about that on the floor and I hadn't quite processed that. I spoke about something else about how our two-spirit folks, our, our um, queer folks in the past, you know, in our ancestors, you know, they were revered. They they were looked at as something special because they carried, you know, both of the genders. Right. And it wasn't until those Europeans came and um, uh and and Christianity said, no, that's bad, that's evil, you need to be exercised of it, you're just confused, you're heathens, you don't know what you're doing. Um, but that's really what's happening here. 
And it took me a little while to process that connection. And I'm still, as you can tell, I'm still processing that because, um, you know, it was just it was just so awful to think that another state uh, could come and take your child if you move them here for the kind of life that where they can live and be healthy and get the kind of care that they they want. And um, so now Minnesota is is a sanctuary uh, a state, not just for our reproductive rights, but now for our trans rights. And right we are an island in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Our Republican counterparts are always saying, oh, the taxes are going to drive people out of Minnesota. Oh, the regulations and the mandates and the, the high this and the bad this and the that are going to make people leave Minnesota. Well, we've just taken care of that. We've, we're going to have all our, our trans families, our trans folks coming to Minnesota. And uh, we'll have the kind of Minnesota that really reflects uh, really... Um, you know, a quality of life and uh, a recognition that we are individuals and that we have the right to be the people that we we are, to love the people that we love and 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 not impose our, you know, religious ideologies, mm-hmm. our religious dogma on, on others in this way. I, I just feel so bad for those other states that are have no recourse because um you know, because they have a Republican majority. Well, we uh, talk about this a lot, State Senator, and that the Gen Zs are uh, coming up close, uh, close second, and probably are going to overrun the the baby boomers in the the big uh, voting block. And they're watching this stuff. They're, they're they don't care who loves who. They're just a you know, for the most part, uh, they're the most liberal generation that's come about, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, we will see some, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to go through some major upheavals here in Minnesota in a lot of different ways. But, you know, so uh, fortunately, thank you, Allison. Thank you for sharing your your story on the on the um, on the radio there. Um, uh, Allison says, as a trans woman who spent decades closeted, I'm so grateful that this bill was passed. It's so important for our trans youth. And Robert, you were a teacher. I was a teacher. We had right. kids that uh, were beginning to just figure out who they are and how they identify. And I know I was, um, you know, kind of hyper vigilant looking for those kids that really needed a safe place to be. I was in the library as a library media mm-hmm. specialist. Oh, um, Alice Bowron says, my daughter now will have a trans couple fleeing the horrific laws in Missouri, now living with her in her home in North Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we're going to see that uh, that mass migration to the north again, like Senator Kupik, or is it Senator Kupik or Senator um um, Swadzinski said, you know, uh, like the black slaves, when they escaped the imprisonment of slavery, it was follow the North Star. Right. And so I have a feeling that we will have many, many people following the North Star to this state. And I welcome them with wide open arms. I, for one. Right. And uh, we are excited and uh, mm-hmm. not only to uh, raise awesome. the tax, get the tax base uh, with more people paying taxes, but uh, more Democrats. Ho. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. that's those are the kind of things we're dealing with here in Minnesota. And, you know, I yeah. just feel really fortunate and um, relieved to be here in this place in this time. Um, the other night we had a we had the legacy hearing, and then we had the environment and energy. And in that bill was the return of um, of the Upper Sioux State Park to the Upper Sioux community. And um, there's a senator, Republican senator, that's not happy about that, and he quizzed me about it. But you know, uh, there are people all over the state that love to send me stuff. And somebody sent me uh, the audio 
file from that meeting. So I was able to hear uh, the community stand up and speak in favor of it. And it wasn't Native Americans that were saying, yes, we should do that. There were a number of them. And in that audio file, there were at least 15 people speaking. And of those 15, 12 of them said, yes, we should do this. You know, um, I don't, are we almost done here? Yeah, we got one 30 minute. seconds. Oh, one minute. Okay. I made a mistake. So Wendy you made a mistake. I'm going to bring you. We do and Wofilatanka. Um, well, and uh, State Senator, thank you so much for uh, the hard work you do. And really, these updates are so, so important. Mm -hmm. uh, people talk about it all the time. And as you can see, you have a lot of fans on here. And we're a big fan. So, Mary, thank you so much for being on. It means so much to us and to the people that listen to Native Ritz Radio. Thank you. Hey, we'll be right back, Wendy, you know, uh, with the sacred animal section. Stay with us. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio. Thanks, State Senator. Hey, Ogama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. The time is now. Contact your legislator and tell them to pass paid family and medical leave for Minnesota. Learn more at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by the Minnesota AFL-CIO. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line light rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. <laughs> Good one, Zoe. Hey, I wanted to do uh, my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many, many years, and um, I can't wait to hear what you got going tonight. Uh, also, maybe give our, our, our uh, listening audience a little update on mm. our squirrels. Yes. Welcome. Yes, thank you. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. It's always my pleasure to do that. And it was, uh, you were named uh, in the Ho-Chunk, the people, the sacred voice, uh, that was your name given to you. I love that. Oh, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we're, I'm going to give an update about the squirrel situation. If you were listening in, we were having uh, a neighbor here, not the next door neighbor right next to us, but a house uh, next to that one. 
was uh, having uh, squirrels trapped by a company to get rid of them. And we witnessed squirrels entering the trap, being trapped, and then dying a slow death. So Robert and I um, had witnessed that, and we really got upset about it. Robert went over and talked to the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, I went over and kind of harassed the technician um, <laughs> with the dead squirrel. I've made phone calls to the company, and we don't see any traps there for the last two days. Now, we don't know if the problem is solved and the hole in the roof or wherever that was is sealed up and there's no more squirrels going in. Um, we don't know if the trap their traps are up there. They just move them out of our view. We don't know that. I'm going to give them a call on Monday to see and see if they would give me any information if the project has ended or not. But, uh, you know, we really just talked about how inhumane that is and that uh, if you look up uh, or Google relocating squirrels, Mm. there's uh, article after article after article stating how it is inhumane. Because 97% of squirrels that are relocated, even with the best intentions, uh, die sh- shortly after because of food supply, territory, uh, you know, room in the trees. Usually there's only one or two squirrels to a tree. Uh, so the squirrels don't have any time to go figure things out where they are. And by the time they do, they're, they starve and they die. Wow. So. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we encourage people who have a critter problem in their house uh, to, you know, make lots of noise in the house, leave a radio on in that particular room that's really loud. The animals aren't going to stay there if there's a lot of disturbance and noise, you know, bang on the walls. If they play rap music, I think that would. Uh, yeah, definitely get them play away. some rap music. They'll <laughs> definitely leave. I know I would. I heard uh, rap music, I'd be gone. But hey, yeah. Uh, we're so, down. We were down at the river today too, when and yeah. uh, my goodness, Mississippi River in St. Paul, and it's really very high. Uh, the highest I've ever seen it. I've been here for twenty three years, fast and moving. I have seen floods. Right. I wonder how Stillwater is doing in the St. Croix because they did have those big uh, man-made dikes uh, right. came in and they put sand and all that, but I yeah. wonder how that's going. Maybe tomorrow we'll take a ride down there just oh, to check it out. Right on. Yeah. So I have a little bit of an update on Murphy. Uh, I was talking about Murphy, who's the eagle. Yeah. Yeah. So Murphy lives at the World Bird Sanctuary in St. Louis, Missouri. He's been there most of his life. He is um, can't fly. So he's had some type of injury and he can't fly and he spent most of his life there. And he's never had a mate, which is kind of sad. But this year, uh, the spring season kind of got him his juices going and he found a rock which he thought was an egg or and he was very nurturing to this rock and in incubating the rock so he built like a makeshift nest and he put the rock in there and he was sitting on the the rock and incubating it and turning it and just really you know protecting it against the other eagles that are there so it was really kind of cute and sad at the same time mm-hmm. but what happened was um another a bird's nest, uh, an eagle's nest uh, was destroyed and an eaglet was found um, and b- they were figuring, well, let's see if this will work. We're going to bring the eaglet to Murphy and see if Murphy uh, will take to him. So they kind of did it really slow to make sure that you know Murphy wasn't going to bite his head off uh, and they are bonding and they're doing really great. So I have a little bit of an update here. This is from... Uh, World Bird Sanctuary in St. Louis, Missouri. And you could go on their site and check it out. They have tons of pictures of Murphy and the eaglet, which is adorable. Um, And this is what they wrote from today. Our eaglet is growing fast as eaglets do. In the wild, they need to grow up, fledge, learn how to fly, and learn how to find food all before the winter sets in. So they have the short summer to do that. (laughs) <laughs> contrary, contra, contrary, what is contrary, contrary, 
Contraire. Contraire to popular belief, parent eagles, and I didn't know this, listen to this, parent eagles do not teach eaglets how to fly or how to hunt. In fact, bald eagles will always scavenge before expecting expending the energy to actually hunt they will always take the easy route so they'll find roadkill they'll find already another dead animal that somebody else killed before they have to hunt whoa when they're older we know better than that we've seen the squirrel getting taken up by (gasps) a eagle right on the street we saw that with our very own eyes i was horrified that's that is like in my mind for the rest right of my life. Right in urban St. Paul. Yeah. Right on, on Creighton <laughs> Avenue. In Cleveland. Saint, oh, Cleveland yeah. Avenue, St. Paul. Yeah, Robert and I are strolling down the with street the with our dogs. And I see this eagle like as high. Flying low. Like as high as a lamppost, like a, one of those light posts. Right. And I was like, oh my God, Robert, look at that eagle. It's so close. All of a sudden, it comes down, picks up a squirrel. Turns around. And Turns around and flies away with the squirrel. Flies right back at us. The poor squirrel. You could see it like. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, my God. Anyway. Okay. Um, so here we go. So it, this is what the sanctuary is saying. If you live near an e- area um, that ever has a high concentration of bald eagles at any point in the year, like we have here in the Mississippi at the locks and dams in January, you have seen eagles. Um, getting the food from each other, right? And fighting for the food. Uh, One fish can change talons more than six times before the winter finally eats it. I don't know what that means. One fish can change talons more than six times before a winner finally eats it. So I guess they're fighting over the fish. Okay, so when it comes to flying, the parent eagles will coat the fledglings away from the nest but from there on it's all them it's up to the fledgling gathering up the courage to take the first flight is probably difficult but what's more difficult is learning to land landing takes a lot more control and accuracy and requires a lot of practice Uh, so when it comes time what they're going to do there since um Murphy can't fly, um, what they do is they put up these little uh, hops, little things so that they'll put the eaglet on a little bit of higher wood and a little bit higher and a little bit higher until it gets up to 200 feet. And then what they're going to do is encourage him to fly off into the wilderness. It's going to be something to see. Yeah, I'm wow. sure they'll keep up and with posts, and I'll let you know. We love the eagles. Yes. I see eagles. I I see eagles when they're not even eagles. I go, is that an eagle? And then, wow, it's yeah, because they don't get their white head till they're five years old. Right. Yeah, so right. they're kind of like a black or brown color. So they don't look like eagles, but we recognize them now. Hey, want to thank Zoe, State Senator Mary Kunish, and of course my lovely wife Wendy. If you're listening to the show, you're a part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now.